Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. I just think, you know, the Lord's people need to wait on the Lord, need to respond when the Lord says so, and to be obedient to Him. Now, the Word of God, I'm going to begin something Wednesday night, so I'm going to give you a little intro of what I'm going to do. It'll probably take me three or four weeks to do it on Wednesday night. But Mark chapter 2 is where I'm going to, going to go, and I'm going to read the text. That's all I'll get to do. Uh, Mark chapter 2, we're going to look at the first 12 verses, and it'll take three or four Wednesday nights to, to cover these 12 verses, to unpack them. And I'm going to do that reading this morning. And uh, there'll be a little preaching in it, but I'm going to read the text. Let's have prayer. Father, it has been an absolute joy to be in this place today. Thank you. Thank you for the liberty of the Spirit of God. Thank you for these precious people. Thank you for Dublin First Baptist Church. Now, Father, as we open your word, open our minds and our hearts with your spirit and speak, Father, to us from your word. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Mark 2 begins by saying, and again he entered into Capernaum. Now, that ought to stir a little interest as to when it says again he entered into Capernaum as to where he had been. Well, if you read Mark chapter 1, what you will have is a day with deity. And it is indeed a busy, busy day. You will find the Lord Jesus... In Mark chapter 1, you will find him calling disciples, casting out demons, curing disease, and you will find the Lord Jesus communicating doctrine. Now once in a while, I will encounter someone that will say, now, Dr. White, I don't like doctrine. Don't get caught up in preaching doctrine. Just preach the Word. <laughs> May I say to you that you cannot teach a lesson, sing a song, or anything of that nature without communicating doctrine. 
Doctrine is the body of what is believed, what is taught. And Jesus is communicating doctrine. And the Word of God is doctrine. And you and I need to know what we believe and we need to be able to communicate it in a clear and in a concise manner. What do you do when certain groups come to your door? I mean, do you tell them, get away? (laughs) Or do you say, this is what the Word says? I mean, most of us, honestly, what do we do? We say, I don't have time. Well, that's another story. But Jesus had been very busy. A busy day. All that I've shared with you, the Lord Jesus did in a day. He was busy, he was busy, he was busy. And now he is back in Capernaum. This is where he has moved his headquarters, is now at Capernaum, and he is back at Capernaum. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Now I could just stop and preach here. The reality is, Jesus has his own magnetism. If Jesus is in the house, noise, it will be spread abroad, it will be known if Jesus is in the house. So Jesus is in the house. I think this morning, and that's just... This is just my personal observation. But I think this morning Jesus has been in the house. And I think He's been in the house. He's always in the house. But I think He has manifested Himself in the house in a little different manner this morning. Jesus is in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together. Now what did He say does he say about himself later? Jesus said what? And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Folks, I I just want to tell you plainly. We in the body must get back to lifting Jesus. To exalting Jesus. Christ. Jesus said so. We have to get back to this thing like John the Baptist. He said about himself, he must decrease, but he must increase. Jesus is in the house, and noise of that is spreading, and straightway people are gathering so much so that there's not going to be room to receive them, not even about the door. I mean, a crowd is gathering. And 
And when they could not come nigh to him, and they come bringing him one sick of the palsy which was born afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the the crowd, for the press, they uncovered the roof where where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, now I have a question for you, two questions. Is faith visible? It is. The actions of faith are visible. Faith is not tangible, but you see faith. Now whose faith did Jesus see? Whose faith did Jesus see? The four men's faith. He didn't see the sick man's faith. I don't want to be ugly, but that kind of slaps in the face some faith healers, doesn't it? Enough to say that you weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith. Jesus saw the faith of the four. And the man was healed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man sick of the palsy, what did he say to him? What did he say? Your sins, whoa, 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 wait a minute, stop the bus. He's sick with palsy, can't walk, gets to Jesus, let down through the roof. Jesus says to them, he sees their faith. He says to the man sick of the palsy, your sins are forgiven. Ain't nobody said a word about sin. Nothing's been said about sin. But hear me well. Jesus starts at the heart of the problem. Because the heart of the problem is sin. It was then and it is today. Sin. Son, thy sins be forgiven you. And then these fellows said, I'm just reading the text. These fellows said, Who can forgive sin but God only? And Jesus perceived, that is, Jesus knew what they were saying and thinking. How would you like for your spouse to know what you think? You wouldn't have a spouse long. 
I mean, you wouldn't. Wouldn't be well. But the reality is Jesus knows. Jesus knows what you and I think. So Jesus says to him, which is easier? To say to him, your sins are forgiven, or to say, take up your bed and walk. Now, which is easier? Well, it's easier to say. I mean, you can say. You, you evaluate it by which one cost the most. And it costs more to deal with sin. Because that cost him his life. But then he says, but that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Now look, folks. If sin's going to be forgiven, it's going to be forgiven on earth. On earth. He said to the man sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise, take up your bed and walk. And the people around were amazed. They've never seen anything like it. And they all glorified God. That is, they began to praise God because they never saw anything like this. Now we're going to take at least three Wednesday nights and unpack this text that I've read this morning. I hope you'll be here. Jesus dealt with the heart of the issue. Just like he deals with your heart and my heart. And he shows us us just like we are. He holds the mirror of the word in front of us. And the spirit of God puts his finger upon the need. That's what he did to me. That's what he did to others. That's what he'll do for you. So, I don't know what the need is in your heart this morning. Maybe a life situation that you have. Maybe family maybe children, grandchildren, maybe a lost loved one, maybe just a burden that you have in your heart, but something that you want to talk to the Lord about. We're going to stand together and sing our invitational hymn. And as we do this morning, I invite you to cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And now, Father... I ask in Jesus' name that by your Spirit you will move on your invitation.